0: Hey, thanks for joining us here on another episode of About Fate. Today I have um hopefully I think it'll be a great episode for us. Um in basically the times we live in. But I have three of my friends, not just friends, brothers, um, that you know I, I always talk to the Bible talks about iron sharpens iron, and every time I have a conversation with any of these men, uh I do leave the conversation better. Um, uh, no matter whether it's spiritual or natural, um, I'm always a better man. When I leave the conversation. So uh, I have a few that's been on the podcast before. Uh have elder, I'm calling him elder today, Elder Clarence Davis uh on today. here today. Today. <laughs> Tomorrow he'll be Bishop <laughs> Clarence Davis and uh, wherever we want to go from there. <laughs> I also have my brother joining me for joining us on here for the first time. Um, brother Minister Bishop. Yes. At- Preacher extraordinaire, teacher yes. extraordinaire, uh, Minister Charlton Lewis. How you doing, King? The lowest,
1: King. the lowest of the low, the lowest <laughs> of the low. Let me tell you, King. I am, King. I am humbled just to be in the room. Let me tell you.
0: <laughs> and I also, we also have someone phoning in. Um, could make video. Uh, I know he wished he could be on video so y'all could see every motion when he starts to speak. <laughs> make a guest
1: appearance here, here and there. But we have gracious uh, with his presence.
0: <laughs> we have uh, uh, also a uh, prophet. Yes, <laughs> prophet. Nah, the, the rebuking prophet. He only rebukes. The <laughs> rebuking prophet. Him <In> the best <laughs> <Chris look. Blake. laughs> How you doing, Chris? Good. How
2: are y'all doing tonight? You doing
0: good. Um, doing I'm just good. glad that you all decided to join me uh, on this episode. Um, we 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 had a topic because I started to think about this in um, the the other week and. I started to think about his yes, Christianity and culture. Um, and I, I actually started like, you know, you know how it goes when you start having a thought. You're like, man, let's let's get, let me get online. Let me get in the word. And you just start like trying to find anything versus that thought or against that thought that you're having. And one of the, that's one of the things I started to do. I started to look about Christianity, look up Christianity and culture and uh, like what we're seeing today is not what i think jesus had in mind for christians in their culture i believe you have people who uh you know will say you know we have to get like them to win them. <laughs> you know what i mean then you have the other side who say we can't we can't talk to them at all <laughs> we don't we don't have no dealings with people but we expect them to be christians I, you know it's a crazy world out here, right but when we when we when you when you started evaluating, I felt like that was a good topic and what I couldn't think of any three better people um uh to to, to talk about this with. I mean you guys are 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 amazing in the word of God. So and and then you're also very well aware of what's going on in not only the world but the church world. And so I I, I felt like having you all on would be uh A great discussion. So I'll just kind of throw it out there. Whoever wants to go first, but what when we when you say what 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 do we mean by what is is there a difference between regular culture what we have now and is there a difference between Christians and culture? There are different. Are they all the same? It's just one big ball, and we're just humans, and we should just
2: all just go along to get along. So, so the question begs to know whether or not right. as Christians we're different than our culture and the right. answer is we're one hundred percent different than our culture right. right right because we once we got saved we actually joined another kingdom yeah right see our culture our culture particularly in America is uh, a, a democratic republic that uh, being taken over by folk and, and, and soon to be a totalitarianism but the point being is we we are children of God and I emphasize that more than just saying how we serve the Lord Jesus we serve the Lord Jesus who is technically our bigger brother We the Bible says if we believe on Jesus that he gives us the power to then become the son of God right mm-hmm. So, so we automatically, it, it wouldn't matter if we were in America, it wouldn't matter if we were in Switzerland and England, we automatically move into a different culture as Christians. What we can't do is keep the same mindset of the culture we're in because we moved out of one place into another kingdom. Right. And the problem becomes when we want to keep what should be the old dead man,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and we want to keep that, life that thought that whatever instead of giving up and going into the body of christ and being the church because that's what he said you're the church right you're not american anymore right you're not you're not jewish anymore right Right. you're not a gentile anymore right and so you know in the end of the day we're 100 different the problem is we don't want to be different we so want the why don't people want to be different, though? Well, easy answer out of me, and then I'll, I'll stop talking. Easy answer out <laughs> of me is we don't understand our identity. So let me say it like this. When people feel like they're less than. See, remember, Christ comes. Christ don't care about nothing going on. Right. He don't try to change the government. He don't try to uh, 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 uproot Israel from where it's at, he, he, he knows he's king. He knows where he comes from. He said, I come to do the will of the father, people about to beat him to death. They don't identify with the father like that. See, when you don't know your identity in Christ, mm-hmm. then all you can do is try to relate to Lil Wayne. All you can do is try to relate to rap artists, musicians, and, and you know all these people that are secular. You can't, you can't, you don't want to, even though you came into the body of Christ, even though you came to the church, let me say it like that. Even though you came into the church, something inside of you won't let you realize, really, I am not that same person. Because that's the whole purpose of Paul trying to let everybody know in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, you, you really are a new creation. But right. well, people don't believe that. And they don't believe it because they, they, they come into the church and then they go and go back into their old environment. They don't realize a real change happened because Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is in you. There's a lot more people have to know. And that's why I'm a proponent of always talking about Hosea 4 and 6, because (laughs) for the lack of knowledge. For the lack of knowledge. Remember, you're destroyed because of that. What you Mm -hmm. don't know really will hurt you. I say Mm -hmm. it all the time for a reason, because people, we got this big old information book from the most powerful being to ever be and we won't listen to it, mm-hmm. we won't read it, we won't study it, we won't let it become, we won't become, we won't abide in it. Jesus said, if, I, if, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, right, See, then we're part of the vibe, but we won't do that, and so we, our identity is messed up, and so we identify with being American, or we identify with being black, or we identify with being white, Versus identifying with being the church,
1: you know. If or, I could, if I could piggyback that real quick, if yeah. I could, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, but i was just gonna fun. say,
4: or even American Christians. But go ahead. And see, I, I had a note on that. I'm gonna let you. I'm
1: gonna let you hit on that. But if I could piggyback on what Chris was saying about how people uh, have this cultural identity. I would go so far as to say we tend to negotiate our identity through our heroes. And I feel like the reason why there's a breakdown in, uh, in church culture is because when our hero has a breakdown, then our faith has a breakdown. And too often, Christians, they, they filter their Christian experience through whoever they admire most rather than being authentically connected to God. You know, Scripture says in Isaiah chapter 6, it says in the year that King Uzziah died that's when Isaiah was able to see the Lord high and lifted up. So King Uzziah was a hero in the eyes of Isaiah, and that prevented Isaiah from seeing God clearly. And we do the same thing today. We've got these Christian platforms, mm. preachers, singers, entertainers, whoever, whoever they are, and as long as they are on their platform they stand in the way of us seeing God oftentimes and what happens is and we've seen this even in recent news we see big names big names make big mistakes and rather than us moving our heroes from the platform rather than us calling sin sin and rather than us saying you know what my hero wasn't who i thought they were they're no longer than my hero. What we do, we make excuses for them. And we say, "Well, it's okay to make mistakes. It's 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 okay to be less than what Scripture tells me to be. It's okay to compromise." And that's why that's where the breakdown in the culture is, is because we'd rather tear down the standard of God's holiness rather than tear down our heroes. Hmm. And. And see that, and that was so funny to me, and I'm going to say this and I'm going to let somebody else take it, but so funny to me because we ripped Charles Barkley apart in the 90s when he said, I'm not a role model. Right. He was trying to tell people then, don't sit up here and try to raise your kids vicariously through me. I'm just a basketball player. He tried to tell people then. Right,
0: yeah.
1: People didn't understand. He was telling the truth. He's trying to tell you, "I, I don't have the character behind closed doors.
4: And I'm not trying to, yeah. Exactly.
1: yeah you got, well see we've got people in the church we've got preachers in the pulpit we've got singers who are gospel artists and they make these huge glaring mistakes and rather than us saying they're wrong
3: mm-hmm.
1: tear them down tear, and i'm not trying to rip anybody's reputation apart and try mm-hmm. to tear apart mm-hmm. their ministry but let's identify it for what it is rather than say oh oh it's okay god's okay with that how
0: how mm-hmm. I, I love <laughs> you
1: god okay with that
0: well, I I like how y'all are talking about like, you know, it's it's because people don't know their identity. And so what I'm and listening to you all like and what you're saying is. And, and that's a question I, I posed to you, I know I threw it out there before uh, we even decided to uh, record the podcast was. So then if my true identity will if, and I find my identity in Christ, will I be in conflict with culture? Absolutely.
4: Absolutely. I, I think just to <clears throat> go back to what uh Charlton and uh black were saying, not not only is, is the issue our identity, but when you look at converts from other religions or converts from other places outside of America, they have a better understanding that I am being shifted from where I am and who I'm, my, my my ancestry and my, you know, how I was raised, I'm being shifted from that lifestyle to a brand new and living way. Mm. It seems like part of the struggle here in America is that there is this synthesized, Americanized Christianity that we're also in conflict with. Like, so you mm-hmm. have the culture, you have the world, you know, demons, you got, you got everything that's bad and negative, but then you also have this, Americanized Christianity that's, that's touting itself as the representation where you have the heroes standing up and saying, hey, follow me, I'm this and I'm that. They have no character, they have no substance, all they have is style. And so it, it's, it's identifying with that rather than identifying with Jesus Christ. And what we need is Christians who are following Christ to stand up and say, one, I'm following Christ. I'm not following culture. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not taking my cues from popular culture or whoever, whatever music artist you like. Right. I'm taking my cues from the scriptures, from the Word of God. Um, it was it was Francis Schaeffer that said that men seek autonomy outside of God's revelation. Man wants to be self-governed. I, you right. know we we you know we cast our bands. Why do the heathen rage? <clears throat> Why do the people imagine the vain thing? Well, because I don't want no control. Don't control me. Let me do what I want to do. Let me go where I want to go. And if I want to call myself a Christian at the end of the day, who are you to tell me (laughs) that I'm not? You know, that's my truth. That's your truth. Well, you wrong. You and your mama. The the word (laughs) gives us the clarity of who we are in Jesus Christ. And it's really not, you know, complex. It's simple. Going back to the word of God, calling things calling things as they are, as Christ sees them, and let's line up with the word. Let's appropriate ourselves with scripture instead of trying to be this Americanized Christian that can dress any kind of way, live any kind of way, look any kind of way, be any kind of way instead of being like Christ.
1: I mean, and I, I agree with you 100% Clarence because Christianity is a culture in and of itself. It's considered a culture in and of itself. And it's because normally when we talk about Christianity being in conflict with culture, normally we're saying like, is Christianity in conflict with, let's say like hip hop or is it is it in conflict with something like alternative culture or something like that. But Christianity is actually considered a culture in and of itself because you've got this whole God country and football mentality. Like, right. you know, I was just raised to go to church and I was just raised to be in church but at no point do you really have this authentic connection to God. You just have this, I, you have this connection to your familiar upbringing, mm-hmm. you know? And the reality is, is that our are Christians and came to God through a conversion experience would regard cultural Christians as nominal Christians. Right. They would regard them as carnal Christians. And that in and of itself is a separate culture from the actual church. And that's, and when so, when you ask the question, "Is Christianity in in conflict with culture?" Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely, because because that contrast just between the the actual church and nominal Christianity is going to constantly mm-hmm. war against itself. It is so hard sometimes to help people see
3: mm-hmm.
1: what an authentic walk with God looks like. Mm-hmm. Challenges is that you people people want to say that you're judging people that you're you know you're doing all this other stuff it's like no man we're just trying to give people the unfiltered word
0: and so so and that's something that you when you say it's so hard to get people to see what like an authentic like christianity or christian relationship or relationship with god is like a walk with christ is really about um i thought about that because i think about that because in, in this day and time, we lift up the celebrities, the stars, the people that have great gifts. They get lifted up, and you brought it up earlier that they, then they fall, and then people think it's okay. I mean, we see we see it recently again in the in the news, and and that's one of the things that bothers me the most because what happens is you can't. It, it makes your witness that much harder. You know what I mean? When when they see somebody that's supposed to be walking with Christ, you know, when we see these great. These great musicians. When we see these people uh, uh, that that fall, or they're saying, "Oh, this is what I do every day," but then they go and they're supposed to lead you into worship, or they supposed yeah. they're, they're supposed to be the ministers of uh, uh, for, of the word. How can anybody then expect me to separate myself from the culture around me when the ones who are out here naming the name of Christ aren't separating themselves from the, the culture? Uh, and 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 I know that, um, and and I don't know if, if the people in the society we're living in have we created people that are so afraid of confrontation, so afraid of standing alone that now they can't actually stand for Christ when it's time to stand for Christ. I mean, I I, I we when you look at uh, the representatives that we're supposed to have, people don't have, uh, they 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 don't want to reject the culture they embrace the culture uh, and if we're supposed to be what what does he say what is it uh uh first uh, john 2 and 15 love not the world
3: yeah
0: but people in and yeah so in this society we have created a love for the world even in church i mean all you hear is you don't hear a closer walk with the lord you hear about the things that god can can get you right he can heal you he can bless you with the house. He can bless you with the car. But all you're, you're basically making God, God is the person that's going to give you the American dream. He's going mm-hmm. to give you, <laughs> like that's mm-hmm. what you come to him for. For him to give you the dream instead of for him to actually uh, uh, change change your life. And I don't know, y'all got me excited thinking of, so listening to some of the things y'all have been talking about. But I I, I mean, and does mm-hmm. anybody else have any other topics? On, I mean, anything else to add to Should we be in conflict with the world?
1: Well, I I mean, I think certainly, you know, just echoing what what you're saying, you know, um, the the challenge in the conflict between the church and culture is that modern church culture, it tries to negotiate its relationship through God strictly through a legal basis in the sense that all people want to know is, is it sin to do this or is it not sin to do that? But too few... (laughs) believers are trying to approach God as to whether or not certain areas of their life are efficacious. Nobody is asking themselves, does this edify my life with God? And and it's strictly legalism. It's strictly, well, if I have a right to do it, then I'm going to do it. You know, I was even listening to a, a popular YouTuber recently talk about, you know, should Christians wear tattoos? And he's going back to the Leviticus test and saying like, well, it's not relevant to us as believers today, you know, because that was for the Jews and because they, they did tattoos to worship pagan gods. And that's not what it means today. Okay. Now, I remember a time in my life when my parents gave me a curfew, they said be home by like 11 o'clock. And as soon as I got of age to make my own decisions, I would intentionally stay out till one or two o'clock in the morning because I was immature and I just couldn't wait to make my own decisions. I Mm. did everything that I was legally able to do, not because I was acting like an adult, but because I was being an immature, grown child, young adult. And see, it's an immature Christian that Mm. wants to just sit up and do everything that they feel like they have the legal right to do when it's not wisdom. You have to ask yourself. Is this edifying my walk with God? Because the truth, and an argument can be made, and I'm going to say this and I'm done. I'm going to let somebody else say it. An argument can be made is that if there are too many areas in your life that do not edify you spiritually, huh. they are legal in the flesh, you a life that's carnal. You've got a life that's full yes, of flesh. Of not a life that's sinful, a life that's full of flesh. And if scripture be true, Paul said in Galatians chapter 5, Mm-hmm. He says that the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh so that you cannot do the things that you would do. In mm-hmm. other words, you are, you are weighed down by too much flesh, yeah. by too much stuff that's not edifying you and it's preventing you, it's slowing you down in the spirit. I, I got to stop.
4: Ooh, <clears throat> that's good. That's good, sir. That's good. I, I Wonderful example. Because as you get older, you realize, you know what? Staying up to one o'clock at night when I got to go to work tomorrow—probably not the wise right. thing. So, so what we have in this Christian culture, Christian culture, is we have this this term called liberty. I'm at liberty to do these things. Right. Free. And to me, it sounds like what they said in Jeremiah: We are free. We are delivered to do these things. Well, Peter says, don't use your liberty as a cloak of maliciousness. Right. We're, 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 we're saying we're free or we're we're legal or have liberty to do these things, but liberty to do what? What are you doing? We right. should be staying fast in the liberty that Christ has made us free. I'm free from sin, free from the standards of the law to try to, try to live through it and try to dot all the I's and cross our T's I by faith believe in Jesus Christ and Christ lives that life out through me. And and this is this is the disconnect. This is the conflict is you have this 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 sort of pop cultural Christianity, you know, this synthesized thing and you have biblical Christianity and that's what's going Head to head, you know, we, we mix in new age with Christianity. Right, we right. mix in humanism, yoga, Christianity, right. <laughs> yoga, and hedonism. We, we're mixing all these things with Christianity. And all this stuff is what tore down nations, tore down countries, tore down civilizations. It's, it's history. Do your research. Jesus Christ calls us from this stuff, out of this stuff. And, he, and we are to live that liberty, that freedom in our lives. One thing I love about Paul, Paul, you you constantly see in Paul's writing. His his he, it's like he has a he has an issue with the flesh. I'm 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 mad at the flesh. I'm tired of the flesh. The law of sin is in the flesh. Flesh is warned against my members. I'm going to mortify my flesh. I, I'm gonna reckon my flesh dead. It's, I, I mean, you see this man? If he if flesh was another person was another entity, I believe Paul would kill his flesh. You know, what I'm saying? but but isn't that how we are supposed to be? We're supposed right. to be in war against our flesh to live the freedom and life in Jesus Christ. But like you said, we, we're, we're, living in our flesh, trying to still enjoy the benefits of the flesh and still try to wear the hat or wear the name of Christianity. And right. we just got to go back to the, to the days where, you know, the, the church has called this stuff out and said, no, this is wrong. you this yep. is wrong. You know, you got, you got gospel artists just you know, <laughs> Lord have mercy. They they saying God is a she and all this other kind of stuff. No, right. you're wrong. It's a he. Yeah. He's, he's father. Yeah. Okay, we we have all these issues coming up, and like you said, Charlie, with with heroes. Well, I don't want to say nothing about them because you know, you know, they 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 on my favorite CD list. My they on my top ten. I love them. You know, they lead me right into the presence. Well, they probably they probably let you then, but now when you hear the foolishness that's come out of their mouth. Now we gotta we gotta separate. There, there's a need for 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 separation. So uh, I'm done. Let me stop right there. So,
0: you make know, me, y'all make me think about. I I don't wanna I don't wanna stop your your train of thought, but so then should we view culture as an unqualified evil? Like is it? Oh, I know we 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 war against you know our flesh and like you talked about. You said we need to mortify our flesh, but should it should it be the same way? Should we be warring against the culture?
3: <laughs>
0: I'm just trying to ask some questions. That I, I'm gonna say yes. I'm, I'm, <laughs> you say what? I'm gonna
4: say yes. Jesus, Jesus says in Matthew 10, "I come with a sword. I'm come. I'm coming with division. I'm coming to separate." When when you when you look at Jesus' high priestly prayer in uh, John 17, you you see Jesus making a distinction between his disciples and the world. And, and the key component that separates or, or that, that distinguishes the, his disciples and the word is sanctify them through thy truth, your word is truth. And we know that word sanctify means to be set apart. All that, but that's the dividing line. We are different from this culture and we are different because we have the truth. The truth sanctifies, it separates, it serrates, it cuts, it separates, divides us from this, this culture And though this culture is trying to amalgamate all these other worldly things and and build up this this sort of modern day uh, idol of of, of this image of Nebuchadnezzar with all these uh, silver gold bronze and all this other kind of stuff. And we're trying to call that, follow that, look after that. No, no, no. We follow Christ, the pure, unadulterated word of God, the son of God the savior and the Lord of our lives. And, and that's who we should be committed to. And any other king, any other faction, I mean, you look at any anything in history, kings war against other kingdoms. That's just, when Jesus first came on the scene, he first started fighting against the kingdom of darkness. King, kingdom can we can't fight against our own selves because then you can't stand. But we do fight against other kingdoms. Right. And the Bible says that we should uh, exercise our faith to such a degree that the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our God. So hmm. I'm gonna stop
2: hundred percent to what you just said because what's 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 important to to that statement you just made is that if you speak only on love all the time, right? If you speak only uh what you're supposed to have, the benefit of being in Christ Jesus all the time, which is what people are doing all the time. They forget that we're actually part of something else that's different slash better. They forget that we no longer exist in a place uh, like like they used to, Mm
0: -hmm. right?
2: So when you uh you get up and go from your respective church, your respective whatever it is that you deal with, and go home. You may be dealing with an unsaved loved one, you may be dealing with in an unsaved family, and you have to take, because remember, faith comes by hearing,
3: mm-hmm.
2: right? And if you're not hearing the word of God, then what you're hearing creates the faith that you have, right? In whatever it is. So the culture is really unsaved people that we think should act like Christians because we say this country was built out of Christianity. Mm -hmm. Well, they're not going to act like Christians no more than a child who hasn't given his life to Christ in somebody's home is going to act like a Christian when they get old enough to no longer have to come in at 11 Mm o'clock. Okay? Uh the one thing that's most interesting, everybody knows I love talking about Eli and Samuel. Eli was a bad father, though so mm-hmm. he had bad kids. But Samuel was a good father and still had bad kids. <laughs> see, see, once a person becomes an adult, at that point, that's why uh uh Christ uh well, not Christ, but God ends up saying that the sins of the uh, father will no longer be upon the son and the sins of the sons will no longer be upon the father. Mm-hmm. At some point, you're going to be held accountable for your actions. The mm-hmm. question is, what do you believe? Because remember, people aren't going to hell because they sin. I hope I didn't mess nobody up. <laughs> you don't go to hell because you sin. You go to hell because you don't believe. Jesus said that in John 3 and 17.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. I'm and stream the right there, black. Well, hold on, because the whole because the whole no. thing about it is it, the You're whole the whole, this
1: whole stream. Uh, 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 uh,
2: uh, the whole the whole thing about it is yes. we think we we think the whole world is about Adam and Eve sinning, and we stop at sin. Mm. Adam and Eve stop believing that what God said was true and start believing a lie. That's what makes people sin. They don't believe, so they sin. Mm. And Christ says, "Well, because." You're you already condemned. You yeah. condemn because you don't believe in the only begotten Son of God. That's why you condemn. He Absolutely. says that. So while we, harp on, we can harp on sin, we can harp on whatever else is being taught and, and, and spoken in church, but the world wants to believe whatever the world wants to believe. And they celebrate their own, they have their own. And we, once we come out of darkness into the marvelous light, we can't want the darkness anymore. The problem is how many people are teaching you not to want the darkness, because Christ said, "If your eye is dark, how dark is that darkness?" Yeah, right. That's crazy.
0: So, so I've heard so much good things. So, so and one thing. So then I I will go into another question. Then so should. So does Christianity have to change to win the loss? Do we have to change? who we are because you, you hear so much i mean uh get what like you mean them. By change you know get like that. them and be like them uh i think i heard someone say uh in order to truly change the i read this in order to truly change the culture you have to create something new well why do i need to create something new when i have jesus you know what i mean i don't have to create and i ain't talking about your traditions of how you have church i'm talking about actual biblical create, like, you know what I mean? I'm not creating anything new when it comes to Jesus. And I know we'll, I have another question I'll get to later on, but do we have to change who we are? Or
1: I think you need to qualify this as changing Christianity, maybe versus changing methods of ministry.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to get to later. Methods of ministry is, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just changing Christianity. Do we have to change that to, because, you know, people say that, like, we have to get like them. And, and, and be like them, or else they won't hear us. You hear people say stuff like that and and not and they may not say it out their mouth, but they say it with their actions.
4: Yeah, I, I I think I think part of our job in this in this generation is to redefine Christianity. I think Christianity needs to be redefined for this for our society, because to be perfectly honest with you, our society has really hijacked the word Christian. Mm-hmm. This this our popular culture has hijacked the word Christian. I mean, we can't even celebrate unborn babies not being aborted without without some kind of, you know, cross You know, it's, it's like what's <laughs> our society has not only I mean, and, and it's a word game. It's a name game. Right. And, you know, when the uh, three Hebrew boys was was taken, you know, Taken from their place, they they change their name because you change your name, I change your future, I change your culture, all of that, I change your identity. And our culture has hijacked so much of quote unquote Christianity to where we it's part of our job to redefine it and say, hey, that's not Christian. I, I was talking to somebody at work today, and he was throwing out some things about what he thinks Christians are and what Christians do, and I'm like, man, you you're dealing with a lot of assumptions. This is not what. That may be what you heard at whoever's church. But according to scripture, this is what the word says. And this is what we're to abide by. There's a popular, I told them there was a, a pop cultural Christianity and there's biblical Christianity. There's a difference and everything. (laughs) What's the
0: difference? Because I mean, that's what they see every day is pop culture Christianity. Define, like talk about some of the things that we see that are not biblical, but are just a part of pop culture or Christianity.
4: Well, the pop culture, they're in the scriptures too. uh, What the Bible said, uh, and some came in unawares who before of all was ordained to this condemnation, ungodly maintaining the truth of God into a lie. Uh, uh, And the Bible said they they made grace lasciviousness. Mm. You have have in in this generation of Christianity, they they try to preach so much on grace and preach so much on love and preach so much on, on what Jesus has done for you on the cross. And, and you miss the amendment of life that is also connected with the atonement. Uh, uh, Watchman Nee said it, said it this way. There's so, m- there's so much emphasis on the blood and, and, and rightly so. The blood deals with our sins, but the cross deals with the sinner. So we preach the blood, preach, preach deliverance from sin and preach the grace that comes from it. But well, we also need to preach the cross that we die to ourselves, we die to our ideology, that we come out from among them and be separate, that we do we not conform to this world, but we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. As Christ suffered in the flesh, get yourself ready, arm yourself likewise. You know, this is a part of this way is that we don't, we shouldn't suffer, you know other eastern sects and eastern Eastern religions they embrace suffering they know suffering is a part of life suffering is a way of life it's just one thing that comes with it but in americanized christianity and pop culture christianity if you're suffering something wrong with you you what did you do who you know what, what kind of thing and so when, when you have christians with that kind of mentality it's hard for them to go through they gotta ride the altar every night every day gotta preach encouragement every day when the, when the scripture says, endure hardness as a good soldier. And you don't, you don't do it. He said endure hardness, not because you, you're going to win the war or win the battle, but because you're trying to please him who called you into this army. And it's like, why, why are you a Christian? What are you a Christian for? Well, what, who are you representing? And, and, and it shouldn't be the popular ideolo- ideologies of the day where we can live any kind of way we want, and still be Christian, and still call ourselves Christians, we should be like Christ. If the world took note of the followers of Christ and say, "Hey, y'all are Christians," Christians didn't call themselves that. The world saw that it, there's there's a difference. Then what are we doing now? Right. What 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 kind of lifestyle? What what kind of example are we portraying now?
1: Um, I'll be honest with you. Like I I, I wrestle with this question about quote unquote, changing Christianity, just, just, just because when I look at, um, when I look at Christianity and I look at what's going on in the body of Christ, I see it in terms of economics in the sense that there are, there's expansion and, there's, and then there's recession that follows expansion. And I, and I would say like over the past three decades, you can argue that we've seen some major economic expansion in churches, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it was in the past couple of decades where we hear all these stories about pastors buying planes and doing all these excessive things economically. Um, and it's because of the great cash flow that has been flowing through the church. A lot of people have a lot of anxiety and pause around church be- because of money, you know? Um, and I think with any expansion, there is a recession that comes with it and it that's healthy. It's necessary because to me, according to scripture it is a separating of the wheat from the tear you know and i i honestly believe in my heart that the church doesn't need to quote unquote change it just needs to remain authentic Mm -hmm. I, i feel like the church needs to remain who it is because i i honestly believe according to scripture that the the truth has a way of number one lasting It's got sustaining power, but then it's also got the power to outdo that which is false. I'm going to say this real quick, Um, just to give you a point of reference. You know, in Acts chapter 8, it talks about when Philip went to Samaria to minister, that there was a sorcerer that was there before him, a man by the name of Simeon, uh, or a man by the name of Simon, excuse me. And scripture talks about how Simon had bewitched the people in Samaria by doing miracles. mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. He was healing and he was doing things and looking like looking like he was actually being backed up by God. But scripture says it in Acts chapter eight. It says. um, It says in verse number 12, it says, but when they believed Philip's preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God, the name of Jesus Christ, it says they were baptized, both men and women. Mm -hmm. In other words, they were seduced by Simon until Philip showed up. Mm -hmm. They were so they were um, seduced man, by that, which man. was fake until the truth showed up. And I really feel like even in our culture today, people, yeah, they're seduced and they are tricked by some of the false ministries out there until they have a, an encounter with the true ministry. Yeah.
0: Yes, sir. Yeah. So yes, sir. from
1: that aspect, I'm like, I don't believe that the church needs to change. You know, Paul said it in first Corinthians that if he preaches anything other than Christ, he makes a cross of none effect. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I know that sounds very fundamental. I know that sounds very, you know, basic in your approach that, you know, now I do believe in using different methods of ministry. and We can get into that in a second. But as far as the church, quote unquote, changing itself, people are only tricked because they haven't been exposed to the truth. Yeah. But but once 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 they get exposed to a true, authentic move of God, a true man or woman of God who's preaching mm-hmm. and operating the power, they'll see the difference then. And they'll be like, oh, okay.
2: right." That, would,
1: that was a fake over there.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. But in Acts chapter number 14, I think it's verse number 22, the Bible says, and it is with great tribulation shall we enter into the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, when, when, you, when you don't know, and, and, and our pastor preached this, you, you got to understand the fine print of being who we are right now this is the best life ever because why jesus said he came to give life and life more abundant but more importantly he came to give us what the keys to the kingdom see most people don't realize what they lost see the whole reason why you're here is because genesis 1 and 26 what did god say in genesis 1 26 he said let us make man and i am for them to have what dominion 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 so all the other stuff that we're looking for, and all of it's, it's because we don't understand what the father gave all his children. See, when you when you go back and look at the story of the prodigal son, what we call the prodigal son, you come to realize the father did not make the son that returned a servant. See, part of the problem is when you don't know your identity. See, he felt so bad that he thought, "I'm just gonna come back and be a servant." The father mm-hmm. like, "I love you too much to make you a servant. You are already my child." Yeah. Right. Huh? You know what I'm saying? So again, I'm back to identity because the world don't understand you when you let a little girl, you let a little boy just grow up and be whatever transgender, whatever. That's not that's not the truth because now that they believe a lie, all they can do is live in a lie. Uh-huh. All they can do is ever, and if people lie to them, they'll they'll agree with the lie. Right. That's all they can ever do because as Jesus told the Pharisees, he's he, he like, your father is a liar your father is and y'all liars just like (laughs) it, right but see if our father is God and we walk in the light and we say it and that's what we say we want to deal with I mean uh, somebody dealt with somebody dealt with this we saw out there Juanita Bonham out there trying to get 1800 bucks to teach you how to pray that's retarded (laughs) the master the master of all creation gave us a free how to pray (laughs) look Twice. Wait, see, this is, this is back to hero, right? Back to, back to uh, 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 we, because we can't see the father or because we can't see Jesus, we, we, we need somebody else to do it. Mm. And we don't understand. Jesus said it's more blessed for those who haven't seen and still believe, right? Because they want to pierce his side, want to touch his hand. Hey, like, that's fine. But blessed are those who, who haven't seen me And they still believe right and so the issue becomes back into teaching because the world know they're teaching false doctrine and because they teach false doctrine people live false lives and they're gonna they're gonna end up and they end up with a culture because remind you we're talking about a culture but even this culture is 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 busted because it's constantly changing because even the culture isn't satisfied with itself Right. What people call America, what some people call America, other people call America in a different way. And that's why it's constantly clashing politically, because even those in the political realm or even those in the world aren't satisfied with what's going on, because we're all looking for the same thing. And Jesus knows the problem is we don't want to come under Jesus to get there. Remember, remember this. The children of Israel comes to Samuel and they say, we don't want God to be our king. Right. We mm-hmm. want a king like who? The rest the of the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We want a king like the rest of the world. That's what half the people in the church say. saying. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have Bishop so and so sleep with my wife. Sleep with me. He can sleep with my children. You know, we can get some money and we can be in the choir and we can run this and we can do that. I don't want God to be my king. This well.
3: Is
2: <laughs> it's uh, yes, yeah,
1: uh, that that I, that that's a, guess all topics are on the table now. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling it. you. I mean, you know, a, <laughs> come on with, it. Come on with it.
0: That's <laughs> it. That's a that's an interesting way to look at. It. Like you said, like nobody, they don't they don't want. I will say, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a cleaner. They don't want Christ. <laughs> uh, they want their own image of Christ, and and so what we see now is the church. They want. You know they basically saying it again they're essentially saying you know we don't want Jesus to be the head of us we want culture you know what i mean we want we want to be able to be like everybody else we want to move like everybody else even though that's what he called us out of and i'm sure y'all had some thoughts on to what uh chris was saying so y'all can jump right in and and share your uh, uh, uh share your thoughts on that i believe chris yeah. <laughs> in the church say hey, give us a murderer yeah. <laughs>
1: You know, yeah. but one thing um to, to kind of turn a corner on this, because there are lots of bad examples like what he just mentioned. But yeah. I did want to bring up that pastor here in Texas, Pastor Matt Chandler, who I feel gave a phenomenal example. I don't know if you guys heard about this, but he uh recently uh he's on a sabbatical. I'm not gonna say he stepped down from pastoring, but yeah. it it was it was literally just behind communications between him and another woman that were perceived as inappropriate Mm -hmm. I don't know what the communications were Um, they definitely weren't uh, sexual in nature or anything like that but they were just perceived as just too comfortable considering that he was married and the other woman was married and the whole process was played out that his uh, elder board reviewed the whole situation and counseled him and this was the conclusion that they came to You know, Mm -hmm. he came out in front of his church and just I I mean, we've seen pastors do 20 million times worse than that, than just a simple text message. Mm -hmm. And they never stepped down one Sunday, just kept preaching like it never skipped a beat. And I I think the I think the accountability and the humility that he displayed in the Mm -hmm. sense that they were just like, oh, you haven't done anything wrong, but it looks like you were headed in the wrong direction. Let's just make sure everything is okay between you and God and let's take a break. I, when we yeah. see examples like that, that yeah. is so healthy as we say it for is. church culture, you it know, is. because it's showing that no one is above the word of God. No one is above the holiness of God. No one is ab- in, that, in that, and that's what I'm saying when a person in a high place is held accountable. Uh-huh. Because it's like, okay, if my pastor can be held accountable, then I can be held accountable. Right uh-huh. and, he sh- and he showed how, because how That's- many times has there been something that and, uh, you know a discretion that happened with somebody you know in high position, and all we hear are rumors. Uh-huh. The actual story just just never gets addressed. You know what I'm saying? But this guy he was very upfront, he was very honest with with his uh, congregation and ultimately he was very honest with the whole world because everybody saw his message. And I just, I thought it was remarkable. I, I, I'm like, if, if more, if more pastors, preachers, ministers would address situations like this, mm-hmm. I think that that would help the body of Christ.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I saw that. And I, I, I do think it was a uh, very healthy, um, uh, to, to see, uh, pastor a man of God and he I mean he he doesn't pastor a small church nope. to subject himself and say, you know what, I I agree with the elders. <laughs> you know, he he wasn't fighting back against what they what they said or what they laid out. And, and 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 I mean, like you said, the word of God must be supreme, must must take supremacy. And when you see those kind of examples, you know, it, it definitely does help. So that we can point out and say, hey, everybody ain't like, you know, this, this yeah. other guy, you know, right. Right? He, he, here's a man who it just looked like it could have been going into the wrong direction. Or maybe some a few years down the line would have been a, a bad situation, but they caught it. And it's like, where is that accountability in the body of Christ? Because, again, we're not fighting just against culture itself or the world itself. We're fighting against this whatever thing is that's calling itself Christianity that's clearly not. And, and we and those kind of things helped address that. No, this is how you're supposed to deal with it. And then, you know, he he's still saved, oh, praise the Lord. And, and and let's go on, you know, about our Christian business. So you know, yeah, I I, I, I agree. I, that was good. And
2: I, and I think I think to add kind of to that about accountability. You know, the one thing, one of the funniest stories in the Bible is, is about Paul relaying how he had to step up and tell Peter something in front of everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, I, I mean, I ain't, I ain't no, problem. you know, I told Peter straight to his face, like he literally says, to his face. Right. You know, like I, was scared I wasn't scared. Too. Yeah. I wasn't scared of him, you know, but it's, it's not even that though. It's about that this needed to be dealt with by human beings. Like you, if we're waiting for God to deal with some of this stuff, God like I ain't letting I, you know I'm not dealing with it's your problem. Deal with it, right? And and Pete and Paul it. understood that right to right the wrong in front of folks because the way he felt about it, Peter was doing it in front of folks. It's wrong. It's wrong for you to do it. And then when it gets when it gets addressed like that, then everybody. Cause think about it in Corinthians, the church of Corinth. They were sitting there with a with a with a with a young man sleeping with his father's wife. Right. -hmm. And nobody is dealing with it. Nobody's dealing with it. They okay with it. And so it got to be somebody who can stand up and say, and now everybody be like, well, that's an apostle. Well, the problem is, God expects for people to deal with it, apostle or not, bishop or not. Right. The church. Supposed to deal with it. What What's the point of having authority if you can't deal with nothing? Well, you can't deal with nothing because you don't have enough authority, and you don't like to deal with anything anyway. You can't even deal with your light bill, let alone deal with stuff like that. So this is this is you, you bring out. You
0: made me want to ask another question. You said that we all should deal with it. Why have we gotten to the place to where we feel like if I don't have a title, I can't speak on it? Because that's a, that's a part of. The culture now right like if this person doesn't have the title they can't tell me anything they can't say in And but that's not what you always see in the word of god right god used all types of people to rebuke people the uh the story that comes to mind is uh god used an animal <laughs> to you know to, to to rebuke so god is showing you like Hey, when it's time to stand up for righteousness, it's time to stand up for righteousness. And it's not it's not about who has the biggest title. And I and I and I get I get there are there is order to certain things. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not saying don't be orderly because you know you got some people that you know I got friends that always want to like they'll say stuff like you know you, you know check him or you know check i you can't check everybody about everything <laughs> like you know what I mean but yeah. I mean, but why can't you go to your brother and probably hey, that's not right. And why and why isn't it ex- accepted
2: nowadays?
4: I'm, I'm gonna say I know Charlie has something to say on that. I'm gonna let me say this right quick. When it comes to titles, we have to differentiate between the person and the function. Okay, put that on the shirt because. <laughs> And I, 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 it was confirmed. I heard it again by uh, Pastor Tim Ross. He said something similar. But we don't see, we, we see Paul saying, here, I'm, this is Paul, who's an apostle. I didn't, I didn't change my name on my birth certificate to be Apostle Paul. I didn't change my name on my birth certificate to be Bishop Clarence. In fact, God don't even deal with me with a title. He, he calls me son. Again, going back to identity. Right. It, i i'm privileged to be a son of god who cares about a title who needs a title i'm right. i'm a child of god jesus christ is my big brother i'm a joint heir with him i'm as i'm as close to god as he's sitting on the throne i'm sitting in heavenly places with him right i'm sitting here with y'all but <laughs> in the spirit i'm seated in heavenly places with him right. that's who i am that's 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 what I am. If if I'm gonna have a title of any kind, it's gonna be a son. You know who who gets the privilege to serve. And I think we 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 transpose or we mess up because we we start identifying with titles to where if another brother does does check you and the Bible says to confess your faults one to another. Yes, it does. Is it the word praise it's Lord. The word. <laughs> uh, it says that that you might be healed. That you that you and so part of the issue is that now nah, you can't tell me nothing because you're not Reverend this, you're not Bishop that, you know, how, how many members you got, how, you know, all of this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, is it the scriptures? Am I in the book? Cause you got, we all got to fall in line with this right. title or not. And right. I think, especially in the black subculture of the church, we, we're, we we're title heavy and, and that, that becomes our identification. And if we're not dealing out of that, then we, we lose, we, we, we feel like we lose our influence. And I'm just grateful to be a son of God who's influenced by the word of God. So that's I'm saying.
1: Yeah, I, I agree 1000% with everything that, that Clarence is saying, like, because I, w- I would even go so far as to say, and we've talked about this before, that I, I really feel like we as a church, we get our influence really from the Roman Catholic Church more mm-hmm. so than from scripture. Mm-hmm. I, really, I really do feel like the way that we approach the, uh, the ecclesia structure and the Roman Catholic Church really got their structure from government because mm. the Roman Catholic Church has always been in bed with, with secular organizational structure. And that's when you get uh, this, this pyramid of authority. And, mm. and that's, that's where the checks and balances come into play to where there's a person on top who has uh, complete autonomy. And that's that's dangerous because that's not Bible at all. You know, Scripture says submit yourselves one to another. Right. But but for some reason, we see these constant examples, not only in the Catholic church, but in the Protestant church as well, Mm. where you have these people who are sitting on top of an organization that have complete autonomy. Mm. And it is such an unpopular conversation but your pastor should have a pastor. I don't I don't know I don't know where we get this from that we feel like your pastor is autonomous and your pastor can't have a secret pastor. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Your pastor, your pastor can't be submitted to a secret because my pastor is not secret. <laughs> People know who my pastor is. <laughs> Charlton Lewis messes up, guess what? They know exactly who to go to. They'd be like, Charlton Lewis is messing up. Where's Apostle Herman Murray? They know that.
3: Right. Right.
1: How is it when some of these other pastors, because see, the problem is, and um, I know this is kind of taking a, a turn, but the problem is, is that when we have these autonomous individuals at the top of a structure, when I get mad, I leave and I go set up my own structure. Absolutely. So that way I don't have to answer to nobody else. Mm-hmm. All these structures all over the place. We got all these kings. We got all these people who are top of the pyramid, and that's how the account—the accountability—falls apart. None of that has anything to do with the Bible, right? And see, I think a very interesting topic to explore. And I'm gonna say this and mess up somebody's theology. <laughs> we need to talk about the fivefold ministry, please, please. Because where does it say in Scripture? that the fivefold ministry exists in one person. That from <laughs> the Bible says that he gave some apostles, some prophets, some pastors, teachers, and evangelists. It never said he gave one person all. That's right. See, y'all are quiet. That's right, Now, no, big answer. You know, y'all are quiet. Yeah, because I want <laughs> you to keep going. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17, Mm -hmm. Paul said, for Christ sent me not to baptize, Mm -hmm. but to preach the gospel. Yes, sir. Paul was so separate in his duties. He said, I'm glad that I didn't baptize you people in Corinth. Right. That way, when y'all mess up, check Mm y'all. I'm in right position to address the issues because you didn't come for me. Right, Paul, Paul. was so separate in his duties. He said, I, "I wasn't called to baptize people." There's no one going around saying, "I baptize you in the name of Paul." Right. He said, "God sent me to preach the gospel." Yeah. Yeah. So if Paul understood a segregation of responsibilities, a segregation of gifts, a separation of oper- of operation, see, when there's a separation, there's submission. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Separation. See, if the prophet prophesized, because prophets had a very direct communication with God that established structure.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Then you had apostles that went and established structure in the organizational sense that planted churches. Mm-hmm. There were always voices, mm-hmm. the different aspects of the body, but somehow somebody wanted to be on top, have all the power, and said, "All five gifts exist in me. Can't nobody tell me nothing." Mm-hmm. Where where did that come from? I need somebody to help me with that. I I ain't trying to stir up no drama. I'm just trying to understand.
0: <laughs> I mean, we about pastors should
1: have pastors, when, and where did we get all this stuff from? I mean, we still,
0: still talking about it, just Christianity and culture. I mean, now we talked about the culture a little bit. Now we're just talking about Christianity's culture yeah. itself. You know what I mean? Like yeah. now along the way, there have been things that have been implemented that have nothing to do with the Word of God. Yeah. And I get it. I get you know we want order, we want things like that. But I think it's good to bring up you know like you talk we we talked about it and how most of everything we set up is based off the Roman Catholic Church, and that's why they have that head, and that get that gets trickled down throughout. And nobody you know nobody knows where it starts from. Like that, what's that game, uh, telephone or whatever it was you used to play? And nobody knows where it got messed up at. Nobody knows how 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 it started you know what i mean but now you have everybody following this and i think it's something to be said you know the like people they feel like well i don't want nobody to tell me nothing so then i go make myself a king you know essentially that's what they're doing yeah, i'm going online king.
4: and and, and printing out a certificate of completion let <laughs> yeah. that's being able to change the name of my birth certificate to bishop reverend
0: hootendiller you know <laughs> And it's a it's a sad place because you have people that didn't really learn how to follow. Now trying to lead other people.
4: Yes, sir.
0: And, yes, sir. and it's it's sound like a simple phrase. It just sounds like something that. But I mean, you can't really lead if you never know how to follow. Yeah, a, a terrible fault. Fo- I've seen it. I've seen it. You know, I we all work in in, in corporate America. And, and And you see it. You see it every day. Somebody who wasn't a good follower. But some kind of way they knew how to they knew the right shoulder to rub. They knew, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes figuratively and literally they knew the right <laughs> shoulder shoulders to rub and get put in the right right spot. But they don't know how to lead. And, and it, it's it's taken its place. It's worked its way into, you know, our church culture. Yeah. And, and you have people in position. They don't know how to deal with people. So now mm-hmm. when I come to the pastor with my problem, he doesn't know how to help me because he doesn't know how to talk to people. You know what I mean, and it's it's just the truth. You know, it's it's some people have never they don't know they're not they're in positions that God never anointed them to be, in. <laughs> and so that's what we see in our culture today. There's a lot of people that they they're not fit for those positions, and like you said, like everybody in the way God set everything up, He talks about it. We're a body, yep. So why would He give one person everything? Because then, what do you need? What do you what do you need this this person over here for? Every team, y'all know I like. I like, you know, I like to watch the NBA. Every team had no team wins without good role players.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it, it, it it don't matter how good your star is, he needs somebody to help him out.
4: Yeah,
0: and you know what what they do for for stars? They always talk about we got to build around him. We mm-hmm. have to fill in his weaknesses. God did the same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he knew whoever he was going to call to lead whatever every every area every he knew i'm not going to give them everything because then they can get high and lifted up mm-hmm. they can't think like it's only about me but every team every church needs good role players yep. nobody has it all nobody has everything somebody has a weakness and god understood that like you said where did it come from that's just my little two cents on it but <laughs> every every God didn't give one person everything. And that, right. and I believe that's the reason why. Because God is the only one that should have everything. Absolutely. <clears throat> and if that
4: person dies or something happened to him, how can the church function? How can the church go on? Uh, every, all, of, all of the superpowers is in this one person. So you right. get him out the way. You know, you, you're left with Batman. So what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> so but but it's so true. Because and, and that's it, it, hurts my feelings sometimes because you see, you, you know, you be if you live safe long enough, you start seeing trends, and you see a trend now coming up again where everybody and their daddy want to be a prophet.
3: That's everybody, true. everybody.
4: My dog is a prophet, goldfish is a prophet, everybody's a prophet, and they choose that that calling or that that particular uh function because you can be a rogue, I can point, I can point. Fingers at you. I can do this. I can do that. I can, you know, I ain't got to have no word of knowledge, no no word of of wisdom, you know, that I'm operating in. But but I want that. I want that title because then I can talk harsh. I can I can be. I, I'm using my title as, a, as an excuse to be mean. And right. It's like, come on, man. We. Right. That's not what these titles are, are for. Jesus gave gifts unto men. These are gifts, gifts to the body, and and we work better. I mean, we say it all the time. We it, it better when we do it together. But your body works and it functions in syncopation. It, it functions, it correlates with each other. It, it, right. it, it, it comprises together. It's constituted, constituted to help itself out. And the most impressionable part, or the most important parts, are the parts that you can't even see. That's what right. scripture says. Right. You know, it, I don't care how swollen your neck is. If you're order gets torn. That's it, bro. You know what right. I'm saying? So it's like, what are we, what are we really going after um, with, with these titles? And do we understand that if we're going to have these different ministries and giftings in the body of Christ, then if we say that we believe in one Lord, but but many, many, many ministrations, but the same spirit, are we allowing that free course to take place? Because that could be why the body of Christ is not growing as it could because you, you you got you got the clamp down on, on, on one end because you have a person who wants to have autonomy and be the head of all things so
0: i wanted to get back to something that we were talking about earlier because we were talking about do you have to change basically the message to win people but uh i, I want we, we kind of talked about it, i knew we were going to get into it um now but i wanted to get into it but should we change? I would say our approach. You know, we're in a very tech savvy age, and uh, I mean, people people can get online and Google anything. You know, I don't know. I was thinking about this today. How many people go to the second page of Google after they their Google search? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean, do you stop on that first page? And so I was thinking, like, should we change our approach? I know we kind of, Charles, and you. I know you said you had some things you wanted to say along uh, along those lines because you know sometimes people feel like, well, this is how I've been doing it, you know, so I'm gonna keep doing it like that. And, but I mean, that may not resonate with I. My job, my job changes things all the time because it understands you can't keep doing things the way you've been doing. It doesn't necessarily mean we're gonna change our what we have, like our laws. You know what I, I talk about, like what what we how we, what we work by and what we govern ourselves by. But we have to change sometimes how our approach in dealing with people. So when we when we think about Christians and culture and witnessing and trying to win people, should we should we change our approach?
1: Um, so this is this is a a delicate question, but I <laughs> feel like the answer is very direct. And my direct answer is is yes, we should always be uh changing assessing our our approach to ministry right. even though the mess even though the message is the same you know and and my favorite example of this and the simplest example for me is in john chapter four when jesus told the disciples I must go through Samaria I needs go through Samaria mm-hmm. because according to Jewish practice they would never travel through Samaria they would always go around right because Samaritans were the half breeds and it was considered unholy to, to walk through Samaria. But Jesus knew that in order to effectively do ministry, you've got to engage them Mm -hmm. and you can't expect them to come to where you are. You've got to go meet them where they are. Right. He he would have never had the conversation with the woman of the well, had he not inserted himself in her normal daily routine, you know, And um, I I think that sometimes the body of Christ struggles with the concept of separation because Paul did, right, come out from among them and be separate. But the separation is just in terms of you preserving your your sanctification. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. only need to separate from anything that's going to compromise your walk with God. Otherwise, you don't need to separate from anything because you need to be around it in order to influence it, in order to show the love of Christ. In order to draw them by loving kindness, you have to be in proximity. So Absolutely. separation, so separation only goes as far as long as your sanctification isn't compromised. Mm-hmm. You know, but you can't just cut everybody out. Right. So so Paul said it like this. Uh, I believe it's first Corinthians chapter six or something like that, or chapter nine, where he said, I became all things to all men that mm-hmm. I might win some. You know, yeah. we, we really do have to, as Christians, understand where those areas are that we can identify with people in order to reach them. Mm -hmm. Jesus came and said to the disciples, he said, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He came to fishermen talking about fish. And I I think that that is the relatability and adaptability that we need as believers. We need to be able to talk the same language um, as the people that we are ministering to in order to affect them. You can't walk into somebody speaking in tongues and expect them to, to understand you know, mm-hmm. where you're coming from. But if if concepts like mental health are buzzwords right now, mm-hmm. if concepts like depression and anxiety right. and cyberbullying, you know, if these if these are hot topics and hot buttons, we need to we need to learn how to incorporate that vocabulary in our language when we are when we proclaiming and ministering the word of God.
3: Mm-hmm. We, we,
1: we we have to adapt and assimilate to, to that because again, the message doesn't change. But maybe just the method can change. But I, I think that that's very, very, very important, you know, because, and I'm gonna say this and I'm done. To, to even bring this from to in, a, in a secular uh, arena, you know, uh, they say most interviews are over in the first 30 seconds somebody can interview you for 30, 45 minutes to an hour, but they really made up their mind within the first 30 seconds. That means they actually just looked at you, shook your hand and said, hello. And they automatically knew if they were gonna hire you. And that shows us even as believers, how narrow our window is sometimes to identify with people. Mm -hmm. So so you have to be conscious of what you're wearing. You have to be conscious of what you're saying. You have to be conscious of just everything about your little body language because you can shut people off just that quick. You know so absolutely i think our methods have to adapt with the times
0: that's something that you just taught me i I never knew that that you know most interviews are over in the first or second so when i when i think about even my witness now going forward i want to think about you know the way i approach someone yeah you know not that i've never thought about those things before but it it, it puts an urgency and it brings to the forefront of your mind of like how am i presenting this Uh, uh and you know um Uh, I think, I forgot who I was talking to the other day, but um, it was on the, I know it's probably not a name most people want to hear, but Bill Cosby, he was on the Cosby show. (laughs) and It was talking, he talked, it's the episode where Vanessa brought this, her husband, the guy home who they never knew about. Mm -hmm. And at the table, I still remember this episode, he's sitting at the table, he tells the guy, you know, he was like, what's your favorite food? What's your favorite dinner? Right? And he's like, um, he was like steak. you like, you like steak? He's like, oh, he you know talks about the best steak. He was like, what's well, some side? They get you some sides, some mashed potatoes, some green. he you no know, eating good, right? Like, he was like, now what if I put your favorite meal on a trash can lid and brought it to you? He was like, and that's how she brought you home. She brought you to us on a wow. trash can lid. And I think about with Christianity and people's witness. A lot of times they're bringing Jesus to people on a trash can lid, mm-hmm. and they're saying come to come to Christ but the way it's looking it's like why why should I give up what I have when the way you're presenting it's terrible Mm. you know what I mean our presentation of of who we represent Uh, I've seen people I've heard people testify of how they oh when I when I when I wasn't saved I I dressed high and mighty but now that I'm saving I was like so so you have to look bad now because you're saved no that doesn't make any sense you know what I mean? Like, like that. That doesn't. How is that appealing to somebody? That's telling me you're telling me that when I come to Christ now, I have to live beneath, and that's not the case. I, I get I, it's a suffering way, and I, I, but that doesn't mean that God won't still bless my life.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But so many people that they present Christ in a in such a bad way. And I know, Clint. I know you had something to add to that as well. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead. And, I'm going to stop talking so you can go ahead and. Uh, well, <sighs> I think there's, there's so many thoughts.
4: I think um, I, I agree with Charlton. We we accommodate, but we don't we don't preach a gospel of accommodation. I, I, mm. The word is still transformative. You know, we still preach the word, and it's it's going to be foolishness to this culture anyway. But that doesn't change. But yeah, we gotta we gotta be wise at how we approach different people. I'm not going to witness to an atheist the same way. I'm going to witness to a backslider, or I'm not going to witness to maybe a person of this faith or this uh, this thought process or sect or philosophy the same way. I have to be wise enough or knowledgeable enough to know what is what is the way that I can zero in, pass all their issues, pass all the the, the things that they're going to throw up as defense mechanisms to get to to that person, to get to the to the core issue. Uh, to quote a great theologian who's gone on and I won't say his name because he he didn't he fell out of he, well, he fell out of favor pretty bad but uh I still love him but bless, bless the Lord. uh
1: you still love
4: him I still love him I still love him uh, <laughs> but, uh, he, 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 he fell out of favor but uh, he's dead now but anyway we are go presler uh, he said we 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 preach to when we at, answer questions we're asked we're answering questions and the questioner mm. we're, we're not just answering their questions and we're not just being just knowledgeable or we're not just being you know a relatable just for the sake of relatability we're trying to answer this questioner this person what what is what is uh what is this person's hang up yeah we can we can go all around the world and, and deal with all these other things but if I'm not wise to the different ways that I can get to the core issue of this individual, then then we're we're I'm a loser. And I and I think that's part of uh the things Paul shows us. I mean we see him at, at Mars Hill, he's he's talking to them different than he's talking to uh Herod Agrippa who who almost you know became a the one. so you yeah. know we we see Paul we see him living this thing out let's let's even look at how Jesus came to us he didn't come to us the same way right he don't come to, to those that's in India or Pakistan the same way that he comes to somebody in San Francisco. I mean, Jesus literally meets us where we are. But again, the gospel doesn't accommodate. We don't we don't preach another gospel in order to get people, but we need to be adaptable to how we approach somebody. You know, I think sometimes when in our witness, we forget smile, smile at these people. Mm. You know. With, Talk, share the love of we, we say show the love of Christ, but how, what does that mean? Laugh with him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, it was the reason why the, the, the people uh in Jesus' day they wanted to be around Jesus. He had charisma, he had some type of personality, and when they got around him, he said, Okay, now let's talk about this kingdom thing. Uh so you know it, 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 some people. They just don't like you. <laughs> like <laughs> you said, they the don't truth, like Jesus. they just you don't like you. That. That's and, right. Then, you know, and if you're a mean-spirited person, how dwelleth the love of God in you to where you can try to draw them into, into the kingdom. So it, if with love and kindness have I drawn thee, where is your love? You can't be hateful of people right. and try to win them. You should love people, well, no matter people what they is, look like, smell like. Okay, go ahead.
0: Some people try to go in and like be offensive. They think being offensive yeah. is, is is I'm really witnessing then if if I'm being offensive. Yeah. And I know I know it's a little, but uh, I like stories because I feel like it brings it home. So I've seen um, you know, what we believe, we believe the, the the word of God. And so when you know, when we go to church, sometimes that's that reputation precedes you around here. Like so uh people know, and I I I specifically remember uh I I, I, like, you spoke to, you like smile, talk to people, be relatable because, uh, and I'm not saying be a sinner or be carnal, Mm -hmm. but you have to be, being relatable can draw people in. It opens the door for you to witness. Why are you so happy all the time? Why people don't, people don't understand why they're stressing out about everything. Why are you not stressing about, about the same work? They don't Mm -hmm. understand. And so I've seen it where people, uh, an individual, I, I was working with one time. He came up to me. They knew, uh, what I believe it that you know, when before, but then I had the chance to work this individual, and we would laugh he was he was hilarious to me, um mm-hmm. he was of an uh you know alternative lifestyle, he was gay, you know what I mean, and I remember him one day while we were by ourselves, uh, he was just like, are oh, you like this all the time?" and I was like, "Yeah, man. and he was like, hmm, yeah, and that's all he said was hmm, yeah. and walked away he yeah. was <laughs> like. So I knew that people had already said, Oh, you know, he, he, around you, he's gonna be this way, but right. I, I wasn't, you know, and it opened up the chance for me to talk about Christ later mm-hmm. on when we in the back brown by ourselves. I've seen people that I've relatable. I've seen people who tell me they don't believe in in in, in God mm-hmm. that I've worked with. And then later on, because I am relatable and I opened those doors, like you said, like don't don't have that dogmatic approach. I've seen them come on, like oh, I believe in god but just why does he allow this so now you went from mm-hmm. you know what i mean god has opened those doors mm-hmm. I've, and i've seen people on the other side i remember again um being being out to eat with someone i would never t- i would never say who the, who it was but i remember being out to eat with someone and and there was a our waiter was a gay man and they said it's they whispered you know we should get another waiter because i don't know where their hands have been and i was like we don't know where your hands been <laughs> like, how do you expect to win them? Treat being offensive. Yeah. How, how can you expect to win somebody when you're already pushing them away before they come? And I know that's not exactly what you were talking about, Chuck, But I just, when Clarence uh, brought it up, it made me think about that. People's approach is what actually is. You, you're saying, oh, people don't want to live. So no, like they just don't like you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't want Jesus. Mm-hmm. But you, you know like, what?
1: But I'm so, I'm so glad that you're bringing up people. Because one thing that was resonating with me is that we understand that methods may have a season, and we understand that different things in our lives have seasons because the Bible talks about it in Ecclesiastes that right. there's times right. and seasons, everything under the sun. One thing that we do not like to acknowledge, particularly in ministry, is that people have seasons. Mm-hmm. They have seasons where they can come into ministry, and then they have seasons they need to come out of ministry contrary to popular opinion your season does not end on the day that you die sometimes we we are missing we are missing the ability to impact a generation because we have the wrong person Mm. they 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 have may have been in season 20 years ago right Mm this is this is not your season, you know what I'm saying it may be somebody else's season, but because because of ego because of whatever else
2: mm-hmm.
1: we we refuse we just refuse mm-hmm. to die you know what I'm saying and 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 and, and acknowledge the passing of a season huh. and scripture says that in in the first psalms it says you will produce fruit in your due season that's what it's saying, saying that there's there's only certain seasons that you can produce fruit. But some people get this superhuman complex and think I can produce fruit in any these, in any season. That's not what the Bible says.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Even even the Levites, the priest served for a season from 30 to 55. And when your season was up, you sat down, you know? And I I just, I want to say this just as, as fruit for thought for somebody, you know, As mature Christians, when you've been saved for a while and you've been in church for a while, you should be mature enough to step aside and let younger, less mature Christians function in ministry.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. They they need that in order to be connected. But when you are mature in God, you ought to be able to find new and innovative ways to do ministry to where you don't need to sit. I don't need to sit and be president of the Usher Board for 50 years. For what? Right. <laughs> Let somebody else lead. Let somebody else develop those manage- management skills, those, those leaders, those people skills. those soft- Let somebody else do that. Absolutely. You've been in church for 70 plus years. You, you, ought, you know how to do something else by now. Certainly God has given you it's, it's time for you to pivot and become the mentor.
4: Absolutely.
1: It's time for you to become the person who who pours in, you know, to to, to the next generation. But I, I I really feel like when people talk about ministering to the culture and being able to relate to people, it it's it's about having the right tool, and sometimes the right tool is a different person.
0: <laughs> so so Not so, you. so so he's
2: been waiting. So so, so just to. <laughs> kind of confirms what Archbishop Charlton uh, has said. You know, in the Bible that it says that um, uh, in the Old Testament, they were supposed to work for 25 years and then give up their post. Did y'all know it actually said that? Mm. It says that in the book of Deuteronomy. They were supposed to work and give up their post so you could come in as a young man at age 25, you weren't 25, you'd be 50, but you've already now given, you've already worked to and and prepared somebody else to take over your role, right? Because God never lets people hold the show hostage, Mm -hmm. right? He never does that. And that's where the problem is when you become a God of your own self, even in the church, uh, to the point y'all were making earlier, is that uh, pastors have nobody else to... Uh, or are not being held accountable in some of these subcultures as uh Clarence has said. In some of these subcultures, they they have nobody else over them. And so they're kings of themselves. They've built. And this is why I try to be careful by saying uh not that I'm going to start a church, but when you hear people say I'm going to start a church, the church is Jesus. Jesus mm-hmm. says on this rock, I build my church. But when a person says in their harder in their mind or come off their lips oh I'm going to start a church it almost sounds like they said I'm about to create this whole new ministry of mine not of Jesus Mm -hmm. right the church belongs to Jesus and somebody got to be held accountable not just to Jesus saying that you know Jesus will tell me what to do but Jesus means for all of us to be held accountable to each other that's my piece I'm done I'm done I'm done Yeah, it's been uh
0: that that was that's great. I know I knew he had I know he has way more. He just do not He doesn't want to <laughs> put it all out there right now. But um, uh, I was I was also thinking because you know as we talk, you know we can get to going and get to going. But um, so if how do how do we go about? I guess winning this culture. We didn't really talk about um I know we've talked about how the culture is has not been it's not good, the church culture is not great. But I, I guess I wanna leave it like I don't want to just give people like everything we see wrong, but I want to point them in the right direction on like, you know, I know this is not something I I, I pre, but I just thought like pre-told y'all, but I just thought about it and how do we go about I guess first positioning ourselves to be right so that we can have the right influence on this culture. You know, we see a, bl- a lot of bad influence. You see it you know, it's everywhere. And that seems to be taking over, but you know, we're going to let our light shine. How do I let my light shine a little bit brighter so somebody can see the right way?
1: You know, I actually, I love this, uh, this part because to me, uh I believe the fundamental element of the church is evangelism. And I think going out and sharing your faith, I think humility is is a big key. You know, I think we've all, uh, all four of us have been in a position of ministers to where we have had opportunity to, to stand in somebody's pulpit and minister the gospel. But I think never get beyond the place of humility to where you can't just share your faith in the restaurant to where you can't just share your faith you know, in the in the grocery store to where you can't just make an intentional effort to go out and pass on tracks and right. tell people about God like th- that. That is literally how the kingdom of God is built. Every interaction that we read about in the books of Acts, when somebody was converted to faith, it, it didn't happen inside the four walls. It, it didn't say somebody right. had a convention and a revival and called them out to call and people came down and got saved. No. You know, you had Cornelius at his house, you had Paul on the road to Damascus, you know, you had the Ethiopian eunuch, he was traveling from Jerusalem. I mean, these people were just in life and life happened and they, they encountered the ministers. And I, and I think that that, that that rawness about ministry needs to always be a reality of everybody's life. And I mean, from the top to the bottom,
3: mm-hmm.
1: how many times have you seen pastors go out and pass tracks? You know what i'm saying because there's so many so often pastors will 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 try to push other people you need to go out there and share your faith but it's like fellowship does what leadership does you know what i'm saying and it's right. like if you have pastors that go out there and demonstrate the behaviors you know um i think that that will always put the church in a healthy place to where we always understand it's all it's always about that that one individual soul you know, um, uh, of just about bringing that person to life. So that's that's one thing I could say. I could say a lot of things, but that's the one thing I would say, just always be humble enough to just witness to that person sitting right next to you.
0: Anything to add to that quote? Oh,
4: yeah. How did Jesus do it? You know, Jesus told his disciples to follow me and I'm going to show you how to win men. I'm going to show you I'm, I'm going to demonstrate. I, I'm going to be the example in front of you to show you how you talk to people. You Don't talk to folks crazy. You don't, you don't talk to them out of pocket. You show them love. You be, you be stern with the word, with the truth. You know what I'm saying? Grace and truth. But you do it with grace. You, you know, you let your word be seasoned with salt. You know, it's, it, our intention and our motive should be to win that individual, not just to be right. Not just to be correct in my theology. Who cares if you, you know, just read your favorite theology book? That what's gonna what's gonna touch that individual is you can have hope in Jesus Christ. And I think, like Charlton said, being intentional with making that a part of your your everyday life or everyday intention, you know, hoping that you come across somebody's path to where you can share the gospel with Jesus Christ, even if it's just saying, hey, God bless you, Jesus loves you. I mean that that really can bring somebody under conviction, um, but like you said, we from the top down, and I and I do think that ministries such as podcasts and uh, what what different people are undertaking to do, whether it's uh, you know writing or uh, whatever whatever they're trying to do, writing books or whatever it is to communicate that hope and to to help to push the body of Christ out into the you know into the world to win the loss. That's that's needful of as well, uh, because you, we have to have people that's going to address this culture, and I think we can't be cowards.
3: Right. We can't
4: be afraid of being counted. You can't counsel me because I'm I'm commissioned by Christ. Okay, so you can't counsel me. So we we can't be afraid of being counseled. We can't be afraid of the conflict. We should embrace the conflict. Right. We shouldn't. We should embrace that suffering comes with it. It's not going to be easy. It's not just going out to one person and and maybe that person going out to. To twenty million people, and get it may not happen that way. You know, the first time, it may take some labor. It may take some plowing. It may take some breaking of the ground, the tilling of the ground. And I'm always encouraged by by the lives of some of the missionaries. You know, you talk about mm-hmm. Hudson Taylor who went to China and started the Inland China uh, China Mission. You talk about Amy Carmichael, you, Father Damien, who went to uh Honolulu uh to the Hawaiian Islands and he preached to, to the lepers and built schools and built hospitals and he he communi- he was he was the pastor he was the minister but he was out there that was demonstrating this to to such a degree that he called leprosy and and one of the most beautiful things I've ever read in my life is that his normal approach in in talking to these lepers was to say my fellow believers my fellow my fellow believers, my fellow believers, every time he addressed them when he was preaching. But when he became uh, afflicted with leprosy and he called leprosy, uh, he, he addressed them on that following day, my fellow sufferers. I mean, what kind of love is that, man? I mean, you know, he in such a way to where even when he died, uh, the people of that colony said, leave his hands with us because he touched our life. Listen, mm-hmm. we, 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 we can't. We, it's, it's about showing the love of Jesus Christ. And presenting the gospel of Christ, because that's what the hope, that's what the hope is, is it's the it's the gospel of Jesus Christ, that you can be changed, that you can have that dominion and that power in your life, like uh, Black was saying, that you, that you want. Men want power, men want control, men want dominion, but you got to get it the right way. You got to get it through Christ. Right. And we have to be intentional, use whatever means, methods necessary to our disposal to where we can do that. And that, that'll win the culture.
0: Yeah, I, I I definitely like both of those. Like, like you you said, Jesus is our example. I mean, Jesus was is our leader, right? Charlton alluded to like you have to see. So Jesus, you know, the leader. The, you just said fellowship is going to follow leadership, and that's what you saw the disciples doing. They, they 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 did what they saw. They saw Jesus moving and going different places, and it took it took a little persecution, but they got up and they did exactly what. They saw Jesus do, you know, and that's what we're, we're called to do. We're called to go out and witness and never feel like we're too, too big to talk to somebody, meet them where they're at, to give them, to give them Christ. Uh, I believe one time we were, we were talking, uh, Charlton, not to just bring it, but you were talking about how we churches want to go overseas, (laughs) but they forget that, there's some people that's suffering right here. They want to do the big grand things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But they don't want to go right down the street. They they don't want to go right around the corner. Um, you know what I mean? And there's people that are suffering that don't know that there's a better way, but they'll be willing to take food, you know, across seas, put it on planes, ships to get it across to them. But there's people starving right around right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't forget about your neighbor. You know, what I mean, you 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 can show your light right right in your community, like you said, right in the grocery store. That's been plenty of times where I've been in the the grocery store and prayed for somebody. Mm-hmm. They don't know it, right? God put me on that aisle right for them. There's been times where I can specifically remember going to the store just to hang up a TV, and I was like, "Oh, I need some more nails." Spent two hours talking to a man about his addiction to pornography,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and then continuing to follow up with them because my ministry doesn't just stop after. I, I get it. Maybe God has continued has 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 given you to keep following up with them. Especially in this day and age, we have cell phones. That's it's so easy for you to follow up with someone.
3: Yeah.
0: Um and you don't know. Maybe God has the intention for you to be the to water and to plant. You know what I mean? So you, you don't know, right? And sometimes it's one water, sometimes it's one plant, but sometimes it's you are gonna be the one that's gonna do do both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh you just wanna always be prepared and ready. Um to do everything it is that he's called that he's called you to do. And uh, I guess I, I'll add um that stay prepared and stay ready. You know, a lot of times people aren't ready until they feel like their name is called. You can tell. <laughs> you know what I mean? Until their number is called and then they want to get ready. But people can tell when you're not ready. And, and I would hate me. I, I always think about this. I would hate to not be ready to witness to that one person because who knows if that's their last chance. Mm-hmm. And 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 I'm not doing my part to 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 give them what they need. I'm not doing my part to give them what God, you know, God would have them to give. So I mean I you can't necessarily feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna change everything all at once. I'm gonna change the whole culture at one time, but sometimes it's just you know chipping away at it one person at a time. You know, I mean, one soul at a time. But I want to make sure that I'm knowledgeable. We've talked about so many good things. I want to make sure that I know about different topics. You know, some people, they don't know anything about, um, they don't know about, you know, how to talk to an agnostic. You know, this person, they're just on the fence. They don't know. You know, they don't know how to talk to a Muslim because they don't know what a Muslim believes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They don't know how to talk to, um, they don't know how to talk to, everything else we have going like you talked about new age they don't know what those people mean mm-hmm. they don't know how to talk to you know what's big now you know lesbianism and homosexuality they don't know how to talk to these people you know what i mean and and, and they they feel like we can you can yell at them and shout at them but mm-hmm. man, that's not how you you have a conversation with people jesus didn't approach the woman at the well like that right <laughs> he, he didn't come with that approach and yeah that's why i think jesus was so his approach was different it wasn't, you know, it wasn't what people, they were used to seeing. And so when you have, I mean, so you had the the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all these people uh, that were upset with him because they felt like he should have carried, he should have acted a certain way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's really what it was. They felt like he should have, he should have acted a certain way. He should have did certain things, but they were the way they were. Um it wasn't going to get the job done. Nobody's going to come to you when you feel like you you come to them like you're better than them. Right. So sure they want Christ. <laughs> um, that was just a little bit of what I thought about, you know, how can we. How I want to add to um, not only,
4: you know, <clears throat> do we need to be knowledgeable of what some of these other like, you know, buzzwords and other belief systems are. Uh, must I say we need to know what we believe. Right. Bless God. Right, hey man, we 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 need to know. <laughs> what 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 do you believe uh, concerning the word? And if you if you don't have a relationship with Scripture, if you're not spending personal time with 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 God, then how can you lead anybody? I mean, Jesus made it clear: the blind can't lead the blind if they both fall into the ditch. And right. how can you take anybody where you haven't been or where you're not going? You know. So I, I say, know what you believe. You know. Get get you a decent study Bible, spend some time in it. You know, go through go through uh, 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 the Bible in one year. You know, I, I gotta catch up a few weeks, but go through the Bible in one year because that will revolutionize your understanding and, and, and make the connections that that you hear about. Because a lot of times in in, in, in churches, the context is not preached. It's just, you know, isolated verses or isolated scriptures or isolated stories. And there's no interconnectedness to to how this looks as a whole, you know, uh, where where did it come from, what this is and where it's going. But spend some time in the word so that when someone come asking of the hope that's in you, you have something to share with them. And it's not this is what my pastor said. This is what the word says. This is what the Bible says. Right. That's what scripture says. You know what I'm saying? You can agree with my pastor and still go to hell. But right. if, if you don't agree, line up with the word, something is, something is wrong. So I, I think that's that's part of it, too. Know, being knowledgeable of, of, you know, different belief systems and things of that nature and philosophies, but also know what the word says, because even if you don't know what those other things are, I, I, I know what scripture says, and I right. have the Holy Ghost, right. so I, I can lead you into the truth you know because i i have the proper tools. so yeah let's let, let's fall back in love with the word of god and use it as our impetus to to share the word of god to other people
2: i i want to I want to add add to everything that was said because everything that was said was proper and right and i just want to add that one of the most compelling things that jesus ever said which is you can hang all the laws and the prophets on these two things mm mm-hmm love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul, your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. He yes, said yes. If, if you if you just love your neighbor as yourself, you wouldn't even need any other instruction because love would guide you. Mm. Right. Mm. So we know that the problem deals with what you've been taught and what you consider love is. And mm. that's why when the enemy can come in and destroy family, get the father out the house or you know, get mother messed up and on drugs or, or just make life terrible one because the people aren't believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore they're up under his yoke. Cause remember, no matter, no matter what we think of in this world about this world, about life, Jesus um, infers that if you take his yoke upon you, that there is a yoke upon you, right? Because his yoke is easy and his burdens are like, that means there's a yoke upon you, and it's not easy, and it's, uh, uh, and, and it's heavy. Mm-hmm. You just don't realize it. You think you're free because uh, what we call rules in the church, this and another, and you don't realize the devil is running you ragged, because right. that's, his, that's his power, right? It's all deception. So, he don't need you to even uh, say, I acknowledge the devil, he just needs you not to acknowledge Jesus Christ, right? Yeah. That's why you gotta be careful about people saying they believe in God, but they'll never talk about Jesus. Right? Right, Because right? they won't call Jesus Lord.
3: Right. That yeah.
2: just lets you know there's something wrong right there. But it's love. And the hard part is now trying to teach people back that love. Even Paul said, oh, I just, I don't remember if it's in Romans or not, but he says love is the fulfilling of the law. Yes, sir. Right. So the hard part on all of us is that that we don't love, we don't understand. And when God said he is love, everything that Jesus came to do, he showed love in and with. And, mm-hmm. and, and if we could just if we could just sit down and go, I love more than just my family. Right. I really can love somebody else who doesn't quite agree with me. Who doesn't quite understand. And all this is about how you teach people. See if you mm-hmm. teach a kid to hate, or if a kid isn't taught anything, he's gonna learn something anyway. Mm-hmm. No matter what you teach. You know, they're gonna learn something else extra. So you gotta teach love. They gotta see love, you gotta teach love. But as soon as they see how mama and daddy treat each other, how grandmama treats mama, how how granddaddy treats daddy, how two brothers treat each other, once they see all this violence and all this hate. All they can have in their heart is violence and hate. So if we can get back to love, and, and what does that really mean? Well, we got to teach it because Jesus said they'll know, they would know who the outside world would know that you're my disciple by the love mm-hmm. you all show for another. Mm-hmm. But the problem is we don't show each other love. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so the world don't believe what we're saying. Yeah, I, that's this has been a,
0: a great podcast and um, we've been talking for a long time and I know we need to I get know, to everything. Huh? <laughs> we need, I know these three men, if I let them keep going, they'll go forever and ever and ever. But I want to thank everybody for coming by before Black, uh Chris, before you go, I just wanted to you know, I know you 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 know you're out and you're on YouTube and social media, Can you let people know where to find you at. They may want to hear you some more.
2: Well, if you want to listen to me, you're gonna to have to come over into <laughs> the Fort Worth area. I give y'all a little bit on Facebook on purpose <laughs> yes, because I still I still believe that people need to get together. Right. You know, I still believe that it's it's high time that we 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 come together and talk, and not just you sit at home and watch, you know, shows on 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 the on stream. Um, but having said all that, you can't find me at Chris Black on on Facebook. Um I'm I'm not an original, but I'm original enough that you'll know it's me. So, <laughs> that's where you can find me. Uh and, it, and Worth, if you're in the Fort if you're in the Fort Worth area, besides our other Fort Worth church, uh Fort Worth for gospel, I can be found at Grace and Faith uh in, a, in Fort Worth. And uh Charlton, where can they find you at?
0: His
1: face. I, don't even, I don't even I don't even know at this point. I'm just so lost. Um, no, they, uh, no, they can find great. me. Uh, I'm, I'm on YouTube. Uh, uh, it's called Just Teach with uh, with Charlton Lewis. So uh, I upload weekly lessons around our Sunday school lessons. Um, I agree with We're black 1000% that the priority is gathering in person. Uh, but until black buys me my first church, uh, I'm going to continue <laughs> to upload. Virtual messages, God
0: bless you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, brother Clarence, how can they find you? Reach oh, you? Well,
4: <clears throat> I,
0: I'm on social media,
4: um, uh, Facebook, in, Instagram. But, uh, if you truly want to, uh, delve more into some of these, uh, these topics, these these truths, uh, my blog, uh, infinite has has some material that I've written that can, uh, hopefully, in, uh strengthen you in your journey.
0: So, yeah, I, I just want to thank you all again for stopping by and joining the conversation. I'll think of something else to get you all back, hopefully, that we can talk about, and then I'll let y'all talk for four hours, and I'll just separate it into, <laughs> like, four podcasts. <laughs> people don't know. I have to edit this, and the longer y'all talk, the more I got to listen to edit this, so <laughs> I'm like, all right, I really understand. Almost yeah. two hours, so I got to go back and listen to all this. <laughs> and I just want to again thank y'all for stopping by.